So if you have a Bible, I want you to go to John chapter 10, and you can remain standing. We're going to read some scripture together. We are in a series called uh, Influencers, and this series has uh, exceeded my expectations. I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed it. We've been hearing from some of the men who have been an influence in my life. Uh, coaches and mentors and close friends. And, and I got to thinking about these, these men and, the, and what they have poured into my life. And I'm like, why am I keeping this to myself? You need to hear from these men. And so uh, you've heard from Bob Green and Brad Sprague and last week uh, Matt Nelson. If you miss any of it, go back. I'm telling you, it is all gold. I mean, you will want to take notes and you will be drinking from the well. Today, you're going to be hearing from my coach, Terry Walling. Today we're going to be talking about voice recognition, and this has been absolutely critical in my life in this past year. You're going to hear about that here in just a moment, but he's talking out of John chapter 10, so I want to read some of that to you. If you're new to church and uh, you don't have a copy of the scriptures with you, I encourage you to download Version. It's a great app. I read out of what's called the New Living Translation, so when you're on the app, you want to look in there, or if you have another translation of the Bible, it's going to sound a little bit different. But John, if you're new to the scriptures, John was a disciple of Jesus. Many think he was Jesus' best friend. And so he hung out with Jesus, and then he wrote down these things that Jesus did and said. And this is one of those where Jesus was speaking, and he said this, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now when you hear that, if you're like, I have no clue what Jesus is talking about here. Welcome to the party because nobody else did either. In fact, that's what it says. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand a single thing that he said. So he explained it to him. He said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me, they were thieves and they were robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Those who come in through me, they're going to be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Whew. You're going to find some good pastures when you follow Jesus. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. God, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for these men who have given their time and their energies to speak into our lives. We pray that you will speak to us now through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. All right, you can be seated. So my coach right now, his name is Terry Walling, and he is not local. He's actually out of um, California. I won't go into how I met him, but he became my coach through a very interesting uh, weave that God only can do, and he has been one of the most influential men in my life and has had an incredible impact and taken me to a different level spiritually that I, I didn't even recognize I could get to, and he introduced me to this thing called voice recognition. So every month, I am on a Zoom call with him. And so I thought it would be fun if you guys could kind of sit in on a coaching Zoom call and you get a feel for what I, what I get. So you're going to see Terry speaking here on Zoom to us. And then after that, I'm going to come back and I'm going to have a few words to speak on what Terry tells us. So watch this. Terry, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes for us. Uh, you bet. You bet. I, 
what a, what a crazy uh, year it has been for you to become my coach. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> crazy. I mean, if we could pick all the years. Yeah. What a year to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I basically got a hold of you and said, I don't, I don't know what to do. Would you <laughs> just tell me what to do? <laughs> and as a good coach, I said, no, but I'll help you figure it out. There you you go. know, I, I got to start by saying that's you're one of the worst coaches I've ever had because you make me figure out the answer. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 you're, you tell me the answer. I'll go do it. Yeah. And that's a mentor, not a coach, but that's for another segment. We can talk right. about that later. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things we're talking about is something you taught me in the middle of all the insanity last year was the right. number one thing that people need to do that people really probably aren't doing and thinking enough about is this thing called voice recognition. Right. So talk to us about voice recognition. Well, how about some context? Because we are in a major, we've been in and we continue to be in uh, a major time of transition. And transitions are the in-between moment. You don't know quite where you're going. You know you can't go back to where you've been. Right. And so the in-between moments are times when God does some of his greatest work. And one of the things he does during a transition is actually create moments for us to better hear and better follow his voice. So the word I've given to that is this idea of voice recognition, mm -hmm. um, the ability to hear his voice amongst all the other voices. And what's happening in our day in which we're living is the multiplicity of voices is overwhelming us. Right. There's voices coming at us in social media. There's all voices coming at us from the culture. There's voices coming at us from our pathology. There's all these voices that are out there. So how do I know Jesus's voice? Mm. And do I have the courage to actually say that's his voice and actually begin the process of not only hearing, but following? Right. His voice. Yeah. So that really links us to John chapter 10. My sheep, they know me and they know my voice. And so there's a process of attuning ourselves to his voice, not our own voice. Mm -hmm. But that only happens as you get quiet. If you don't choose to move into some sense of, of a time to deliberately practice hearing his voice, you probably won't. In fact, the farther you go, the harder it is to hear his voice, which feels counterintuitive, mm -hmm. but it's true. Because the farther you go, the more voices now you begin to hear. And the more voices can come at you. So in the beginning, his voice sounds really like this, Brad, which sounds very obnoxious. It actually is so loud and you go, he's telling you, come on, let's do this, let's go. And as you continue to walk with him, his voice actually starts to, yeah, okay, I'm with you, Jesus. I'm following you. I hear you. Excuse me, what is it that you just said? And his voice starts going down like this. And you yeah. get to the mid you get to the mid game, and all of a sudden, exactly. Yeah, and that isn't a Zoom malfunction there. That right, was right. the real deal. He hasn't quit talking. The issue is how bad do you want to know? Hmm. That was something you really taught me. That, that frustrated me. I was like, wait a minute, how bad do I want? I want to know. Because I think we, we're like, I, that's what people say. I want to know. 
So, so how do I get there? Well, if you want to know, he wants to tell you, but you're going to have to now pursue him and chase him. It's almost like Moses. I'm not going anywhere Hmm. if you're not going with us. I am not moving an inch away unless I know for sure it's you. And by the way, here's, here's the action. What got you here was very much a part of what he intended, but it may not take you there. Right. So what got you to this place to hear his voice may not be the same tools he uses in the days ahead to recognize his voice. So what mm-hmm. do I mean by that? I'm not talking about a voice that's different than the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. What I'm talking about, though, is some of the practices and the things you've done to lead you up to this moment actually have worked, but now you might find those aren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. So two key disciplines that are out there is solitude and silence. Two things that and nobody wants to do. <laughs> two things nobody <laughs> wants to do. Yeah. Two things in our society is the hardest to do. Yeah, yeah. And two things actually the Desert Fathers teach us that actually take the roar down to be able to finally get the volume to come back up and to hear his voice. So the discipline of solitude is being actually, even if you're amongst people away, and the discipline of silence is not just the fact that there's no noise around you, you quit talking. Now that is so difficult. Like, I'm not gonna say anything and I'm just gonna sit there. Like, talk talk to us about that. Like, what does that look like? That sounds so difficult to do because is what am I gonna hear? Yeah, and you feel like you're turning your brain off you feel like it's almost uh, scary because you're moving into, you know, I could hear anything right now. But what if I told you he's okay if it's just quiet? Mm. What if I tell you, maybe it's not about actually in the first part hearing his voice. What if I just tell you, Lord, I'm just going to settle in because I like to be with you. Right. I just like you to know I want to be with you. Do you think that is a... Uh, and, and just a second, even yeah. if you don't say anything. See, because we often love God for our sake. We need to start loving God for his sake. Hmm. That's, that's completely different. Yeah. Talk about that. What is, because I, I really think that, especially in the Western church, the American church, it's really about, it's the opposite of that. So talk, talk yeah. about that for a moment. Well, it's, it's kind of like um, the idea of the motive of prayer. All of us are used to bringing in the grocery list mm-hmm. versus actually wanting to hear from him in prayer Yeah, and wanting to know what he has to say. Mm-hmm not wanting his grocery list for you as much as you just want to know that whatever comes out of this time in this discussion, it's actually pleasing to him. Hmm. It's not pleasing you. It's not giving you an experience. Right. Is Jesus just know 
I want to be with you. And I enjoy the fact that even if we don't say anything, I can rest in your presence. So this was one of the most challenging things that you gave to me. I, I've known about silence and solitude forever. Right, I've, right. I've actually gone away with the monks and I, our people know all about that. Uh, but for me, when what was good for me is I, I just, I'm so type A, I just, I got the plan and I'm like, God, we're going to get together. We're going we're to formulate this plan and this is what we're going to do. And you're going to tell me this, I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. you helped me. One of the things you really helped me with is that God, and I, I don't think this is the way you said it to me, but this is the way I kind of interpreted it in my right. mind is God's okay if I just go out and go for a walk with him and we don't say anything. We just... Exactly. We just walk. And that could actually be the most productive thing I do in my relationship with him. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like Sacred Pathways by uh, Gary Thomas. There's lots of ways we connect with God. And one of the things that I began to realize is I've turned God into a project, uh, a formula kind mm. of a deal. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he just may be okay with we just go take a walk. He may be okay if we just go sit on a park bench. You know, I did, I lived in Australia for five years, and I actually uh, went to this sister's house of something, which was an Anglican deal. And you know what I began to do? I They gave you a room every day, and so you go in, you're there. You know, I thought, ooh, now I'm going to hear from God. Right. I, I oftentimes, the first couple times I went there, I would be sitting down and it's dangerous. They give you a bed in this room. I'd fall asleep. <laughs> and I'm thinking, am I insulting God? Right. Yeah. And you know what I began? I know this is going to sound really crazy, but what I began to realize is I think he actually likes the fact that I come a day a month and just rest. Mm. I'll catch up on sleep as much as just rest. Yeah. Just Sabbath. Right. Just that ability to take it down and to actually be still. We all know this verse and know yeah. that he's God. Yeah. Just know that he's God. And when you get that place, all of a sudden now your senses are tuned in to things you never saw, voices you never heard and actually aligning with a will that you've yet to discover. So walk people through, and I don't know that you can put um, handles on this necessarily, because you're really good at just leaving it for us to wrestle with. <laughs> no. <a> thing. <laughs> just a, one thing I'm like, give me some answers. Uh, but you, I know you're very good at helping us to wrestle. But this idea of voice recognition and silence and solitude how do I, how do I know that I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing with God and God is with me and I'm not just, like you said, taking a nap or not just going for a walk. Yeah. How, how can you recognize things like that? Well, I think to be honest with you, we know so little of how to do this. You probably won't recognize it for a long while. And, and it takes actually practice to, to get yourself now in a place where you can truly rest in order to hear. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you got to do is grace yourself. 
Okay. Another thing is, especially guys like you, Greg, this is so unproductive. By the way, God is not in a hurry. We're in a hurry. He's not in a hurry. He's going to get it done. He said he's going to build his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. I'll quit preaching, but he's not in a hurry. Right. And so the third thing that I think begins to happen is this, the concept of journaling, of writing out your prayers. Yeah. Of actually just taking down what you hear and you know, and then over time begin to recognize consistent threats. Mm-hmm. And when you start seeing the consistency, that's when you start learning, oh, wow, that was God. And all of a sudden, the, the hearing gap starts to shrink Right. as you get better at recognizing his voice amongst all the voices. And, you know, Brad, I, I, I can't help but tell you that I think we're in a John 10 moment. I think the shepherd is taking the sheep to a new place. Yep. John 10, Jesus is in front of the gate, and then he steps away, and he calls to the sheep, and it says something interesting. The sheep hear his voice and follow him. Hmm. Kind of argument out of silence, but implication of that is the sheep hear his voice. Not everyone probably will actually hear the voice and follow. Mm -hmm. What's he doing? Taking us to the pasture. Yeah. To the new place he's taking the church. There's not everybody who's going to hear. So that's why the ability, especially now in a transition, to hear from God and align with God is the key, I think, for us to move on and to be his church and actually help lead others to be able to recognize him in a day uh, when a lot of people are shouting at other people. Yeah, this is, I think this is what I, I'm so grateful to have you sharing. This is such a foreign concept. It's a 180 yeah. from the way we live because we're in a Google world. Totally. I, my, my wife and I, uh, oh, my son was, not my wife, my son was taking me to the airport the other day. And he said, dad, uh, which terminal is it? I'm like, I, I don't know what terminal it, it is. I don't know what, where Southwest's terminal yeah. is. And I said, hang on, let me Google it. And I'm not kidding you. In less, we, we were coming up on the terminals in less than 10 seconds. I had the terminal that yeah. quickly. And what's that doing to my brain though, I think is saying, okay, so God should operate that way. I should be able to quickly fire off the question. And then he comes back with that answer. And you're saying, no, it's actually the opposite of that. It's yeah. slow and it's slow down the farther you go, the quieter it gets. So the more intentionally you have to actually know right. and hear his voice, and oftentimes that takes time. See, I think the prize yeah. commodity today is not money as much as it is time. And what wow. we, like you just said, we're, we're not allocating any time to hear, hearing him. Yeah. And it's interesting in John 5, when they couldn't find Jesus, he was off actually communing with the Father. Right, right. And it's interesting. It says the father showed the son what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So the prize of revel the prize of surrender is revelation. The more you oh wait 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 back up back oh, up back. Yeah, say yeah, yeah. say say that one more time because yeah, yeah. that you you've told me that before and that's so the good. The prize of surrender is revelation. Mm. Je Jesus wasn't just having a quiet time. 
what Jesus was doing was surrendering to the father. Yeah. And then it says the father showed the son what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So the prize in this moment of tuning it down, hearing him versus all knowing it's him. The prize of that is Lord, I'm surrendering to you. The son begins to reveal now what he's doing. That's the benefit of hearing his voice right. is being able to better understand how he's at work so we can join him in that. Mm. That's so good, man. Terry, thank you so much. I, uh, uh, I mean, just personally between you and I, the, this last year, what you've poured into my life, I, uh, I, I can't pay you back for it. And you've taught me a lot. And that is one of the key things you taught me is voice recognition. And I'm an absolute believer in that. Love you, bud. Glad, glad we had a chance to do it. And by the way, church, you got a good man here. Just thought I, you didn't pay me to say that. This is all free. You got a good guy. Here. Thanks, Terry. So let's go back to verse three. Jesus says this in verse three, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Say this next part with me. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, names, is, names are interesting because, uh, especially when you meet somebody for the first time, and men and women remember names differently. Like men, when we meet another guy for the first time, I'm like, hey, my name's Brad. And he's like, hey, my name's Tom. And two seconds later, he doesn't know my name. I don't know his name. And neither one of us care. You know, it's not that big a deal. You know, it's like, I don't know what his name was. I don't know what his name was. It's not that big a deal. But you ladies, oh, no. Oh, no, you meet somebody for the first time, and you're like, you know her name, you know her boyfriend's name, you know her, uh, or, or her husband's name. If she's got kids, you know she, the kids, you know the parents, you know the grandparents are Ethel and, 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 and Simon, and they, they live in Ohio, and they have a dairy farm, and they still milk cows the old-fashioned way. I mean, you, you ladies, I don't know how you do it, but names are, names are important, aren't they? I mean, they, names matter, and it, what's interesting is, the more you know somebody and the closer you are to somebody, the more names you know. Do you ever notice that? Like you know their name. You do know their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend's name. You know if they have kids. You know all their kids. You know who their parents are. You know cousins. And the deeper you get into that relationship, the more you know them. What's interesting is that there are 7.6 billion people on the planet with a B, billion and Jesus says, God knows your name. Your name matters to God because you matter to God. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, God knows your name. God knows your name. And, and God not only wants to know your name, but he wants you to know his name. Like he wants you to know him intimately and, and as a close friend friend. That's his greatest desire for you. Look at verse 4. Jesus says this, after he has gathered his own flock, he'll walk ahead of them and they'll follow him because why? Say it with me. They know his voice. My question is, do you know the voice of God? Do you recognize it when he's talking? He says they won't follow a stranger. They're going to turn from him because they don't know his voice. Terry, Terry said this, we've got to learn to hear his voice amongst all the others. And this is so hard to do because there are a lot of voices vying for your attention, aren't there? 
I mean, it's just overwhelming, the voices that are out there and that are coming at you. One of my favorite shows on TV is called PTI. And some of you don't even know what that stands for. You're like, uh, I know what PDA stands for, <laughs> but I don't know what PTI stands for. It stands for Pardon the Interruption. It's the greatest show on television. It's a sports talk show. Yeah, I saw some of you are like, oh, I was getting ready to watch it. Now I'm totally not watching it because you're like, I'm not watching it. But it's my favorite show. I love that, Tony Kornheiser and Mark Wilbon. And it's just so, so great to watch this show. And I, I, it's, it's, they talk about the sports of the day, so it's blah, blah, blah. Very boring, I realized, to a lot of you. But I love this show. And the other day I was watching it, and I, I started watching it. And when you watch it, on uh, the, the right side of the screen, they tell you everything that's coming up, everything that's coming up that they're going to talk about. And, but what I noticed was when Tony was talking, I was looking over at what was coming up, and then on the left side of the screen over here, they had some kind of like Major League Baseball stats, and along the bottom, they had a ticker tape going, and I found myself that, and here, I took a screenshot. This is what it, this is what it looked like. When I was watching the show, and I, I realized I started watching the bottom of that. See, even right now, some of you aren't even paying attention to me because you're trying to figure out, what does it say? Because we're so easily distracted. We are so easily distracted. So I was watching, I was reading the bottom of the ticker tape, and I missed what they were saying. And I think so many times we get distracted, and we miss what God is trying to say. This is why solitude and silence matter. Because it creates space. It creates a space where God can begin to work and where you can begin to hear his voice. But remember what Terry said. He said, brace yourself. Because it's not easy. I mean, it is really, really difficult. It takes Intentional time, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of years of learning to discern the voice of God. And, and by the way, nobody has mastered it. So turn to somebody right now and tell them, you ain't mastered this, and I ain't mastered this. You ain't mastered this, and I ain't mastered this. I, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to have the master class in this. I, I, I prepared this. This guy is my coach. I pay him money to teach me these things. And this morning, I'm practicing solitude and silence. And in the middle of the solitude and silence, kiss comes into my mind. <laughs> not, not a beautiful kiss with my wife. Kiss the band. Because I'm watching Kistory right now on A&E. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Some of y'all are like, I'm not watching PTI, but I'm watching that. What is that on? Kiss story. It's not the history of the kiss, so it's the history of kiss. And, uh, and so this morning I was thinking about it, and I don't, it popped into my mind, and all of a sudden I was thinking about Kiss Alive 2, one of my favorite albums when I was a kid, and I was thinking about what songs were on that album. What songs were on that album? And my phone, my phone was right there. How many of you know the worst thing in, in, when you're with Jesus is to have your phone next to you? And I picked it up, and it was like the devil said, checkmate. Next thing I know, I'm scrolling through the list of songs like, oh, yeah, that was on there. Oh, yeah, Love Gun. Yeah, call me Dr. Love. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what song is that? That's a terrible song. That's awful. Put that down. Jesus, forgive me. I don't. And I was distracted. It's so easy to get distracted. And Jesus says that the voice, learning voice recognition is absolutely 
critical. Why is it critical? Because the enemy is not just bent on distraction, he is bent on your destruction. He is the one who wants to destroy your life. Jesus is the one who wants to build your life. In fact, Jesus said it this way in verse 10. He said, the thief's purpose is to say it with me, what? Steal and kill and destroy. The devil will do anything to get you distracted and keep you distant from the shepherd. Man, because when, listen, when, when sheep get distracted, okay, they get distant from the shepherd. Now, it's easy, they get distracted, they get distant from the shepherd, and when they get distant from the shepherd, they get picked off by the wolf. And I can tell you this, and I know this for a fact, is the devil and the, the enemy, the wolf, is always looking for the one who is most distant from the shepherd. So if you wonder, am I in any danger, the more distant you are from Jesus, the more susceptible you are to being picked off by the enemy. I have yet to see a single person picked off by the enemy that was standing right next to the shepherd. Because when you're standing and you're walking with Jesus, he is going to fend off and he is going to fight for you. Amen? Because that's who our God is. I love what Jesus said in verse 10. He said, my purpose you want to walk up next to me? This is my purpose. It's to give them what? Say it with me. A rich and satisfying life. Two things everybody wants. Jesus, make me rich. Mm, make my life satisfied. That's not what it's talking about. It's not about Jesus making you rich. It's this idea of, of, of eating, of being full. Like we went to uh, lunch to celebrate Aunt Mary's birthday. She turned 27. Come on, somebody. 27. <laughs> And we went to Mondo's. Anybody ever been to Mondo's before? Oh, my goodness, a Tulsa tradition. We went down to Mondo's. She's one of her favorite places. Go down there. We got not just one order of cheese bread, of cheese garlic bread, but we got two orders. And we got two orders of that. And then we were sharing each other's ravioli and Italian dishes and pizza and, and the salads. And by the end of it, I can tell you that was a rich and satisfying meal. When it was done, I did not want to eat anymore. This is what Jesus is alluding here to, is this idea like when you press into me, you're going to be full. You're not going to desire anything else in life because my, what I want for you is going to be rich and satisfying. It's going to give you contentment. You're not going to be lacking anything. Like that's what is available. I'm an achievement addict though. And I got to tell you, man, when I, when I, you heard me talking about that with Terry and he was laughing, but he presses hard on this with me because he knows this about me is I'm all about doing for Jesus and I'm not enough about being with Jesus. In fact, when I'm being with Jesus, I'm actually trying to do. It's because the world says do, but God says be. We live in a world that says you better be productive. You better be successful. Don't sit down. Keep moving. Move forward. You got to do this. You got to accomplish this. You got to make this happen. And what I have found many times in my time with God that I would be out with God and I would have my list. God, I, I'm, I'm asking you for this. And I'm, I'm, I'm expecting this and I'm willing to do this. And by the way, none of it was selfishly motivated. I was like, God, I want to see this happen. I want to see you do this great thing in this church. I need you to speak to me. And what Terry has really drilled down on me is he said, Brad, I remember one time he said, Brad, you just need to go for a walk. I said, okay, I'll go for a walk. 
What do I do on that walk? What do I ask God about on that walk? What do I talk to him about on that walk? Do I, what does he say? Just walk with him. And I remember getting off that call, and I remember going on a walk and struggling <laughs> to just be. But God wants you to just be. Can you just be with him? Or do you always have to do and go? Does he mean that much to you? I, I can tell you this, that my, my, my middle son, Herc, was in town with his wife and, and for a couple of days. And I, we didn't really do anything. We just kind of sat around. It was awesome. We didn't have to go anywhere or do anything. I didn't have to ask him about his plans for the future or anything. We, we were just... When you love somebody, when you, when you care about somebody, you just want to be with them. You don't have to do anything. Do you want to be with God because he wants to be with you? Does he have things he wants you to do? Yes, he has things he wants you to do. But that you're missing the point. In fact, that's how we jack it all up in Christianity I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this and there's a place for that, but you got to be before you do. Somebody needs to write that down. That's good preaching right there. You got to be before you do. Turn to somebody and tell them you got to be before you do. You got to be before you do. So, how do you do that? I think one of the ways we learn voice recognition is through the core practice of daily devotions. It's one of our eight core practices. And when you came in this morning on your chair, that thing that you moved or you sat on the, uh, put on the floor, uh, I want you to pick it back up. It says learning voice recognition. I want you to pick that up because I want to talk about this for just a few minutes here. Because I think this is going to help you. I want to give you something to help you to learn voice recognition. And I think there's some simple things you can do, some practical things you can do. Number one, you need a time. You need a time. Terry says time is the prize Commodity, and I want to encourage you, you got to make time for God every day. Like, if you're not hearing God's voice, I can tell you pretty simply, if you don't make time, you're not going to hear the voice. Come on, that, that, that plays out in any, any relationship at all. Like, I don't know, I just don't know what my boyfriend wants. I don't know what my girlfriend wants. I don't know what my friends want. I don't know what my spouse wants. Do you, you know because you talk to them. Do you talk? you get, You got to have that moment, that time. So what I want you to do is I want you to take a pen, and I want you to write down a time. I want you to commit right now to a specific time. I don't care when it is. It could be the morning, it could be the afternoon, it could be in the evening. But I want you to say, here's the time I'm going to do it. I can tell you when mine is. If you want to commit to my time, you commit to my time. 5 a.m. That's mine. 5 a.m. Did he really say a.m.? 5 a.m. You do not have to commit to 5 a.m. Maybe you want to commit to 5.15 a.m. Okay? Put, put that down. Now, why do I do that? I can tell you why I did that. Because my kids, as they got older and they started getting up earlier for school, I wasn't having time for Jesus. And I was like, I got to get up earlier. And so I have a time. I want you to put a start time. But I also want you to, this is interesting, I want you to put an end time on it. I want to encourage you to take at least 10 minutes. Some of you, maybe it's 20 minutes. Some of you, it's 30 minutes. Some of you may say, I need an hour. I've been walking with Jesus so long. I need at least an hour. And some of you are like, how in the world do you do an hour with Jesus? You start with 10. You start with 10. But commit. Say, here's when I'm going to start and, I, and commit to that time. You need a time. You need a place. The second thing is you need a place. He says, voice recognition only happens 
as you get quiet. You got to find a place free from distractions. My place, kitchen table, right there looking out the window in my backyard. When I sit in that chair every morning, I know I'm about to do business with God. I know I'm about to be with God. And I sit in the same place every morning. You need a place that you know this is where I'm going to go, this is where it's going to be. And by the way, it can't be in my car on the way to work, okay? No, no. <laughs> that that You can pray on your way to work, but that's not solitude and silence. There's no way. You're distracted when you're driving, okay? It's not, ladies, it's not while you're putting on your makeup. Men, it's not while you're putting on your makeup, okay? It's not when you can't distract you. Avoid all distractions. Put your phone in a place where you can't get a hold of it. Oh, now I am preaching up in here. I'll have to be away from my phone for like 10 minutes. I don't know how. Okay. Breathe with me, people. Breathe with me. Third thing is you need to, you need to put down your thoughts. And this, I love what Terry said. He said, brace yourself. This is where you're going to put down your thoughts of what you think God is saying. And it's going to be your best guess. And you're probably going to get it wrong. This is why journaling is so important. I, I have done the practice of journaling for almost 20 years. And, and I write down these things that I believe God is saying to me. And sometimes I come back later and I go, wow, swing and a miss. I didn't miss that one. I just sure God was saying this and he wasn't saying that. But it was through a pattern and through a course of time as you look through things, you're going to begin to see a pattern of God speaking and things happening in your life. And if you've never journaled before, I'm not a writer. If you say I'm not a writer, you don't, I would just tell you, write, write it down. If you don't do it for your sake, especially mom and dad, do it for the sake of the next generation. Do it for the sake of your great-grandkids. How awesome, I've said it many times from this platform, how awesome would it be if you could grab your great-great-grandpa's journal or your great-great-grandma's journal and read their thoughts? You have that opportunity to give that as a gift to your family. So what do you do when you're, when you're in this time with God, like what, okay, this 10 minutes, this 20 minutes, this hour, whatever it is that you carve out, flip it over on the back, you're going to see this idea of praying the Lord's Prayer. This is something that I believe God gave to me as a gift about a year and a half ago when God began to give me this practice of praying through the Lord's Prayer. And I think this is an incredible way to learn voice recognition because truthfully, when we pray, we usually skip to number three and we go right to requests. That's where we start, and that's typically where we end. But I want to challenge you. What Jesus says is don't begin that way. He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's how the Lord's Prayer begins. Begin with worship, okay? That might be a song. It might be reading a psalm. I read a psalm every morning. Maybe it's writing down things you're grateful for. I do this every morning. I sit down, and I begin with worship by saying, God, I think back over the last 24 hours, what good things have you done? And I write down five things that God has done. And I write down things like that you may think are stupid, but I man, I had an amazing amazing cup of coffee yesterday morning. That was the best cup of coffee. Thank you, Jesus, for that cup of coffee. And sometimes it's incredibly significant. But write it down and give God praise. Invite him, because when you start there, you're inviting him into that space. Does that make sense? Like, I'm inviting him. Now I'm focused on him. So start with worship. Then move to surrender. How do you know you're in a position of surrender? When you have opened up the word of God. And you have begun, begun to read the words of God and become obedient to the words of God. It's, it's, I think it's pretty simple. If you wonder, am I surrendered to God? I would tell you this. If you're never in this book, you're not surrendered to God. Whew, 
didn't get a lot of amens on that one. Okay. I know that's a really strong statement, but it's true. If you are not in the Word of God, I can tell you you're not surrendered to God because you're not hearing His voice. But sometimes you can be in the Word of God and you're not being obedient to God. That's why it says on here that you should read, you should reflect, write down, journal, think through what God is saying, and then respond. Be active to the Word of God. And then you come to this idea of requests. God cares about your requests, but by the way, not just your requests. What does he say? He says, give us this day. So it's this idea, I don't just pray for my own needs, but I pray for the needs of others. Then you move to confession. You want to hear God's voice? Confess. Walk through the previous 24 hours. The easiest way to do confession is, and it takes time, slow down. What words did I use yesterday? Were there any that weren't pleasing to you, God? What was I thinking about? Were there any thoughts? What about my actions and the way I treated people? I can tell you when you slow down and you walk through your interactions and the things that you view, the things that you listen to, the, the thoughts that you had, the way in which you, you, you were interacting and doing things throughout your day, you'll start to spot things. God will reveal things to you and say, that was a time right there. I want to root that out of you because I want to make you a better human being that we can use for my glory. And the last one is power. Take time to just ask God for his power and his presence in your life. Man, God wants to go with you throughout your day. So we're actually gonna practice this right now. And this is gonna be very comfortable for some of you. You're like, you're just cozy in it. Ooh, how long are we gonna do this? This is great, I'm excited. Some of y'all gonna make it extremely uncomfortable. But we're going to stop. What better time? Like you're in the house of God. Let's just spend a few moments and let's, I want you to practice voice recognition. So for a few moments, it's just going to be you and Jesus. And what should you do? Maybe you want to use the Lord's Prayer as a guide. Or maybe there's something in the Lord's Prayer that you want to, you want to focus on. Or, or maybe you want to read through John 10. You just want to read through John 10 and let God speak to you through John 10. Or maybe you wrote some notes down and you just want to focus on those notes. Or or maybe for some of you, you just need to sit there. Honestly, you just need to sit and just be. I don't know what you need to do, but I want us to take a moment and let's practice that together. Father, in this moment, we invite you in, your presence and your power. As we seek to be with you, would you speak in Jesus' name?